0: Let the church say, Amen. amen. We praise God for the man and woman of God who have labored so faithfully and diligently in the vineyard. Six years can seem like 60 years. <laughs> we thank God for his grace and his mercy. Can I address the elephant in the room? Uh, why don't we just, I know some of you got your cell phones on. You're worried about that Warriors basketball man. <laughs> why don't you just shut your cell phones down for a moment and let the Holy Spirit have his way. <laughs> So it's not like you plan. I want to call your attention to a passage of scripture found in Ephesians chapter number six. Ephesians chapter number six. If I can get just a little, little volume on it, and before I. Go to the word. We certainly want to thank uh, members of First Missionary. Certainly, my wife is here, and some of our deacons and trustees and mothers are here. Our choir, uh, part of our choir is here, and we thank them for uh, making this journey uh, down the road. Uh, amen. To be here to celebrate uh, this wonderful man and woman of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 19 uh, it says, Paul says and also pray for me that's the NIV version that when ever I open my mouth words will be given to me so that I might fearlessly fearlessly make known The mysteries of the gospel. He says, For which I am an ambassador in chains. And then he reiterates, he says, Pray for me that I will fearlessly declare, not as I want, but as I should. I want to talk for a few moments uh, about empty sermons, (laughs) about empty sermons. Uh, Many of you might be aware of and know of uh, one of the 19th century preachers by the name of Charles Spurgeon. Yes, sir. And Throughout history, he has been known as the Prince of Preachers because of his uh, he goes about di- rightly dividing the word of truth he is a textual preacher preaches the book uh, it happened on one summer occasion that five college students showed up at his campus to hear him proclaim the word of God and while they were waiting an unknown man came up to these young college students and invited them to take a tour of the campus and while they were touring the campus uh, the unknown person uh, says to them, would you like to go down to the heating room and it was the summertime, and so obviously in June, July uh, you don't want to go down to the heating room but To be kind, and uh, so they went down to the heating room, and it's in the basement, and they open up the door, and there are 700 people praying for the service that will be taking place in an hour. Uh, The unknown person that invited them to take the tour was Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon uh, accredited his preaching to the church, praying. I wish y'all 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 get with me in a moment. Uh, it's important to pray for the pastor and his partner, his wife. Uh, it's important to pray for the pastor uh, as a parent. Uh, but I want to address praying for the pastor and his preaching, because understand, brothers and sisters. Preaching and prayer go together. Just like peanut butter and jelly go together. Just like red beans and rice go together. Preaching and prayer go together. I don't care how well you can put a sermon together. Uh, If there is no prayer, there's no power. And thus we end up with Empty sermons. Now I might suggest to you, and I hope you would agree with me, that oftentimes uh, preachers don't solicit prayers. Truth of the matter is, sometimes some preachers can get a little arrogant because they've been to school, because uh, they've sat under some great teachers and great professors, uh, that they've come to a point where they've got it down. But brothers and sisters, if you want to be effective in ministry and especially effective in preaching, there has to be some prayer. Amen. Truth of the matter is that, uh, and I'm going to get in a little trouble here, Marcus, uh, but let me say this. Uh, you ought not protest a pastor that you have not prayed for You ought not complain about a pastor that you have not spent time in prayer. And too often we we want to protest, but we don't want to pray for the pastor. And and, and yes, 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 some of the issues that pastors face, uh, certainly with infidelity and certainly with uh, immorality, are a direct cause of the pastor not having a prayer life. But the pastor would be in a whole lot better situation if the people would pray for the pastor. Uh, Empty sermons are a result of empty prayers. I want to suggest to you that Christ-centered preaching is a result of prayers in the pews. So the question that you might be asking me right now is, well, Pastor, what should we pray for? Well, I'm glad you asked. The first thing that you should pray for is that the pastor preaches God's word, watch this, and not his word. I'm in the text. The text says, Paul says, pray also for me. By the way, uh, this is... Uh, the wrap-up of what takes place when he talks about the armor. Because you know you can't put on the armor without prayer. And so what he suggests is just as important as prayer is to wear the armor, prayer is also important for the preaching moment. And he says, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, he says words there. Some of your Bibles, it might say utterance. But what he's saying that words, we know this word here is the word logos. And it's not in the plural, it's in the singular. So he's really saying that when I pray, I need the the Lord to give me a word. Oh, brothers and sisters, we cannot stand and proclaim the goodness of the Lord without the Lord giving us a word. He says, give me. Uh, that word, give me, is ditto my, and it's, he's suggesting that, that I cannot preach unless the Lord gives me something. All right. I'm going to be in your alley in just a moment here, but let me share this with you. It's a danger to pr- try to preach Christ without Christ. Uh, uh, Marcus, uh, uh, since I've been here in Marin City and pastoring, I've been uh, fortunate and blessed to uh, Go to the hospital, Uh, and uh, on one particular occasion, I was called to the hospital uh, where one of our members' husband was just about to expire, Uh, and she wanted me to come by and share a word with him. And and when I thought about that moment, and what I was cautious of, what I was fearful of, is that this man, if he was going to expire, I didn't want the last words that he heard to be my words. I wanted his last words to be the Lord's words. I've gone to churches, and a young mother and uh, her son uh, came up after church, Bonner, and said that my son wrote down everything that you preached about. And I cringed inside because I was praying that he didn't write down my words. But that he wrote down the Lord's words. Because it is the Lord's words that give life. It is the Lord's words that heal the sick. It is the Lord's word that raise the dead. It is the Lord's word that restores relationship. It's the Lord's word, And the pastor ought to preach not his words, but God's words. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Um. Second thing that that you will discover in this passage uh, that the preacher, the pastor, should preach uh, to please God and not to please man. The text says in there, in your text, it says either fearlessly or boldly, twice in the passage. Uh, That word boldly suggests that the pastor should preach and not be fearful of preaching boldly The Word of God. In other words, I'm not going to leave anything out. And you know what I appreciate about Marcus? uh, And I appreciate about him when I've gone and, and we've done funerals together. Marcus don't leave nothing out. He preaches the Word of God boldly. And my brothers and sisters, we need men and women who are going to preach the Word boldly. Not a shame. Uh, uh, there's a preacher uh, by the name of Peter Cartwright. Uh, some years ago, during uh, uh, Andrew Jackson uh, showed up to his church one morning. And his congregation was fearful because uh, young uh, Pastor Carter was a fiery preacher, a bold preacher, And they were concerned that young Pastor Cartwright was going to check the president. And they said, now to the pastor, now Pastor, uh, President Andrew, Andrew Jackson is coming today, so you need to be nice. You need to be kind. Pastor Cartwright took the podium. And he said, I know that President Andrew Jackson is in the audience today. But let me tell you, and let me tell Mr. Jackson, that if he does not uh, repent of his sins, he will go to hell. (laughs) Here it is, brothers and sisters. We have to preach with boldness, watch this, regardless of the audience. We have to preach truth to power. Most important things about preaching is that we have to break it down to preach it to the young, to, to preach it to the young, to preach it to the old. We have to preach it to the rich, to preach it to the poor, and we have to preach it boldly. But you know, when you preach the word of God boldly, watch this, you have to preach it boldly, not only to every audience, but you need to preach it boldly anywhere at any time. Because I've discovered That there's some preachers that can only preach boldly on Sunday morning. I ain't going to get no amen. My brother, many of you have met my brother. uh, He has a wonderful testimony. And the testimony is that uh, several years ago, uh, he was a family uh, in his church had uh, one of uh, their young daughters uh, uh, was convicted and sentenced. Uh, to go to prison, and um, she asked for my brother to come, and my brother showed up and he sat down uh, with the glass there, and he picked up the phone, and after the introduction, uh, this young lady, uh, she didn't say, you know, I was hoodwinked, I, I shouldn't be here, she said to my brother, two words she said to my brother he says pastor i called you here because i need you to preach to me my brother was thinking at the time well you know well you know i can bring you a couple of cd's i, I can bring you a couple of sermon outlines and she says no pastor i need you to preach to me right here right now my brother took out his handkerchief, <laughs> opened up his Bible, and began to preach to this young lady behind a glass window on a telephone, like it was Sunday morning. That's the kind of pastor you have. That he he doesn't mind preaching wherever he's called to preach, and my brothers and sisters, we need that kind of preaching today, that men and women will stand flat-footed anywhere and proclaim the goodness of the Lord. We need to preach to please man. Uh, please, preach, uh, please God and not man. But here's my final point, pray for your pastor to preach what he should and not what he wants. It's in, the, it's in the latter part of the text. Paul says, pray that I fearlessly preach as I should. Is that in your book? Yes, yes, you didn't tear it out. It's in the book. He says, as I should. Now here's a challenge for pastors because sometimes we use our pulpits for therapy. Sometimes we work out our issues over the pulpit. things ain't going right at work, if things ain't going right at home, if, if the people ain't acting right, sometimes we use our pulpit to get our stuff off. But the text says we shouldn't preach what we want. But we should preach as we ought to. In other words, the the, the ideal is there. we need to preach what's necessary. He says there in the text, he says, that I may make known the mysteries of the gospel. Here it is. The mysteries of the gospel is very simple. The gospel is for everyone. And it's a sad commentary that when people come to our churches hurt, Broken and in despair, and they need a word, and here we are up here having a therapy session. Can I just testify for a moment? Um, in uh, I, I live in Petaluma, and there uh, there's a 24-hour knot list that I, I I go to, and um, one particular morning, Marcus, I was uh, I was a little late. I had some appointments down here, and down here in Marin City, and I jumped in my car, and I pulled out, and uh, we were getting ready to go there on B B Street, and this lady pulled out in front of me, and she is just driving like Miss Daisy. (laughs) (laughs) And I can tell you right now, I wasn't past the legged that day, (laughs) you know. I'm blowing my horn. You know, I got my hand out the window saying, go, get out the way. And I was wondering why she was driving so slow. And it dawned on me she had missed the location that she was trying to get to. And what she was really trying to do is find a good place to make a U-turn. Here it is, here it is, brothers and sisters. And here I am acting a fool, blowing my horn. Screaming, waving my hand, get out the way. Here's what I'm trying to tell you, brothers and sisters. There are people that come to our churches on Sunday morning, and all they're trying to do is make a U-turn. And here we are, talking about our stuff what we need to be, what we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to go. And there are people that come to our churches and they just want an opportunity to find somewhere to turn around and make a U-turn. I'm done. You can turn your phones back on. But let, let me just simply tell you this. Pray for your pastor. Pray for his preaching. Because it's tough. And there are days that even pastors don't feel like preaching. Can I share one more thing with you? I promise I'm done. Uh, I like telling stories. I like telling stories. Uh, Here it is. Um, Empty sermons are a result of empty preachers. That's the truth of the matter. Empty sermons are a result of an empty preacher. And here it is. All of us run on empty at some point. All of us have to make a U-turn. All of us at some point need to go into the gas station. Because we are on E. There was another particular time I'm on my way down to Marin City and I left home and I forgot to check my gas tank. And the car is on E. And anybody know around 9:30, 10 o'clock, making your way down here, there's still bad traffic. And I'm praying just to make it to Nabato so that I can get in, get me some gas and get to my appointment. I get to the gas station and they got lines all around the place. I finally get gas and I finally make it down to my appointment. But I'm there cuz I'm but now I can't preach. I can't I can't share what I need to share cuz I'm on My tank is full but spiritually I'm on empty. But thank God for some old saints. That can recognize when their pastor is on empty. And I had an old mother that said, Pastor, you look a little frustrated. <laughs> you look a little worn out. But let me let me help you out before you go in here and minister. Let me pray for you. Let, let me put you back on full. Because you can't minister to God's people on empty. And I don't know about you, but I thank God for the old saints that can recognize that if there's no prayer, there's no power. Pastor, keep on preaching. And if they don't pray for you, keep on preaching anyway. Because somebody is praying for you. Somebody is praying for your family. Somebody is praying for your marriage. Somebody is praying for your ministry. Somebody is praying for your job. Keep on preaching. Preach the word of God. Preach it in season. Preach it out of season. Preach it. Preach it when the sun's up. Preach it when the sun goes down. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor. I'm so glad. I feel like shouting here, but I got to go home. I'm so glad that somebody prayed for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. hallelujah. Father, we come in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we come and we stand in the gap for pastor and wife and church. God, we thank you for six years. And we know, God, that these six years, Lord, these six years would not be possible without prayer. But, God, we know that there is still a long road ahead. And this pastor and wife needs prayer. I pray today, O God, that this church will pray for its pastor. Every time he steps into his pulpit and proclaims the word of God, I pray, Lord, before he goes into the pulpit, he's prayed for. While he's preaching, he's prayed for. When the sermon is over, he's prayed for. We thank you, Lord, for his ministry. We thank you for his faithfulness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Now, fill us, O God, with the power to pray the prayer of faith. Help this church to pray in the spirit, O God, as they lift up this pastor, as he proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you now, O God. We thank you for the power of prayer. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. And we give you the good. We thank you, Lord, and we bless your name. Glory to your name, oh God. Glory to your name. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I worship and adore you just one